you seekers, explorers and rule breakers out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke, and today we are having another episode of Carte Blanche with uh, Barbie Layton, and we are going to be talking about uh, now and no buts. Essentially, we're going to talk about being in the present moment and uh, showing up as role models. It is a challenging paradox to show up in the, or to rather be present in the moment while at the same time striving forward and having desires and wants and needs and uh, manifesting those. So this is part of the uh, journey that we undertake to learn these different paradoxes, to uh, understand them and incorporate them, embody them. But for now, Barbie and I will go into this discussion and sincerely hope you enjoy it. So here we go. Okay, hello and welcome Barbie. We are back with another episode of Carte Blanche. And uh, today we're talking about uh, being in the present moment and non-resistance, practicing non-resistance. So now and no buts. Hello, Barbie. Hello, how are you? Nice to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Excellent, thank you. Uh, so yeah, we've um, had some uh, eventful weeks uh, since we last spoke, and uh, we've uh, both experienced some growth and rest and uh, in, in installment of uh, the new energy and so forth. And uh, so we come to this, you know, when we spoke earlier before the uh, uh, the talk now. You know, we were talking about being in the present moment and exercising non-resistance. Um, so when we talk about that, the examples that always come to my mind are, you know, Nelson Mandela, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King. It, it kind of changed for them once they decided to stop the violence and kind of come out uh, with a peaceful message, did it not? Absolutely, absolutely. But, and I think too that when you're not in the, when you're not in the norm of where, I think that there are so many cause celebs of where people wanna get everybody else on the bandwagon. And so by that part of it, there's a, a certain level of conformity. And then when someone does such a radical move that is anti what the establishment is doing, but they do it in a peaceful way, it completely changes the trajectory because other people can then come along with the idea that there's even another way to do it. Because when you have the norm that's out there, that is the normal opinion for everybody else. And you just think that we all do this as a collective, but then someone comes up with a revolutionary idea, you can either espouse it or you can reject it. But by being able to just be in the flow of that, those people also serve as living examples. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we, when, when someone says, oh, yeah, I, I love world peace, but, right, that's always the, uh, the, the answer. But we do have those kind of examples as being momental shifts in society by just showing up being in, in a peaceful way. Uh, so, and that's practicing non-resistance, isn't it? So you are showing up as your authentic self in, 
in the process. So we take Nelson Mandela, for example, showing up as a change maker in apartheid and but doing it in a peaceful way and it's when you gather that energy around you you, you become unstoppable so uh, I, that's really been if i applied that to my life when i've come up against resistance and i sit back and i say you know what I don't really need to engage with this. I can let it solve itself on its own. I don't need to get my energy involved in it. And lo and behold, you know, it starts, once I make that decision, it starts solving itself. And suddenly I don't even need to do anything. It's almost like it's a miracle. It's like magic. <laughs> and I know you've experienced that too, Mark. Well, just recently I had a really intense experience of where it's, it's going to resolve itself in a beautiful, beautiful fashion. But ultimately, you know, when you ask for advice from people, a lot of it is, um, especially kind of in the, the new age metaphysical professional growth kind of an environment, people think that there's so much that you need to do. Mm -hmm. You need to be constantly clearing yourself and releasing limiting beliefs. And then you need to be manifesting and you need to be doing that. But I think that that runs under the premise that somehow you're broken intrinsically mm -hmm. and that you need to be fixed intrinsically and i don't think anyone should be running that program that you're intrinsically broken or that you need to be fixed because i think that if that is the underlying current then you're always continuing to manifest from that perspective but if you're then actually walking your walk and you're talking your talk and you're having these conversations in your meditation with whatever spiritual practice that you're working with and you're not focusing on the manifestation per se it's the hubris of man to think that somehow we're just gonna be able to make all this stuff happen. So there's a lot of things that we do make happen, but I also really believe in the co-creation. So even in a business perspective, I like Keith Ferrazzi's co-elevation mm -hmm. in the sense of where you're doing that in tandem. It's not you per se, it's you with a collective of other people that are being able to exact change in the business like perspective. So from that perspective, when I was talking to somebody telling, well, you need to manifest this and you need to manifest this, that was a really beautiful way for me to just put my hands up and say, no, I don't need to manifest anything. I need to lean back into trusting that I know that my, my spirit guides, I know that my path basically has a better, um, it has a solution for me. I'm going to put all of my creativity that I can towards this issue, but ask for, could there be another way? Is there mm -hmm. another way to solve this? Is there another way that I don't have to engage in negativity and I don't have to go down the rabbit hole of all this energy that's that's wasted because a lot of things that are negative they take so much psychic energy that they drain you away from your purpose so you mm -hmm. can't do the positive things that you want to do which is what I've found in the last couple of weeks but instead leaning back into that and just saying I trust that the universe has my back no matter what what would it feel like for me to know that the universe has my back no matter what and then leaning into that and stepping into that energy and then watching these amazing things like manifest around you without you having any kind of a, of a say about it. So last night I got a call that said, hey, this is happening, this, this, and this, are you cool with this? There's a meeting on Monday, bam, 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 bam. Now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, for five days, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to expend any extra energy on it. It's a done deal. It's literally taken off of my plate. Mm -hmm. So by me not resisting this, not getting, oh, I need to show them and I need to tell them and they need to know and blah, 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 all this crap, et cetera. Nobody needs to know anything. Like this whole thing, 
about how other people need to pay for, you know, the way you feel, or if you're unhappy, whatever else, they don't need to know that if they're inflicting it upon you intentionally, they already know that. But in some ways you're not reacting to them at all is the worst thing you can do. Because as they say, the, the opposite of, of love is not hate. It's indifference and being mm. indifferent means like, I'm not engaging in your bullshit. So feel free to do what you need to do. Yes. And if you're not engaging, then you, their energy has nowhere to go. It gets stuck with them. Energy of resistance has a very specific frequency to it. And sometimes when we are taking action, and this is where the Buddhists talk about taking right action, right? So if you take action and it's not right action, it becomes resistance. But if you take right action, it goes smoothly because you're following your intuition, you're following the guide, guidance that you get from your higher self or your, your team, um, then you're flowing like the river, right? It's amazing when you're up against and you, you're taking action that might not be right action and you, you kind of feel like you're, you're headbutting a wall, right? And then suddenly you realize that, oh my God, this is not right action. All I need to do is just sit back and, and observe and learn and that's it. And suddenly you, the, the solution you thought was impossible uh, you know, the, the other party agreeing to something that they had been totally against from the get-go, suddenly exactly. assault, right? Uh -huh. yeah. some, it's just by, and it could be within minutes or within hours. It's so quick how it just, because you don't hold against anymore, it suddenly goes, woof. It's like a stuck, uh, a, a plugged, a plumbed, uh, what's called the drain, right? Uh, choked up drain. When it finally releases, it just goes, and it's gone. The problem is just gone. And it's quite amazing when you, re when you experience that, but most people don't experience it because they don't dare to not take action. And I think that is one of the, biggest challenges is for people to have trust to just allow things to be and not take action because we are so ingrained in the idea that we have to control the process if we don't control the process we are being controlled which is such an illusion and that that's where people get unstuck most of the time is that so Absolutely. And I think too, it's like, I mean, I know that for myself in the past with situations that have been negative, you know, I'm definitely the kind of person of where, you know, when I'm hurt, et cetera, I can go into the corner and I'm like that, you know, the, the, the lion with the thorn in its paw and I'll just sit in the corner and I just need to lick my wound until I can get that freaking thorn out of my paw. And then once I've figured it out, I can come back, you know, and be, be okay. But it's so easy in those kind of situations that part of the taking action is because of the perceived wrong that you feel the other person perpetrated against you. Mm -hmm. So therefore it's, you can go into your victim and say, well, this person's been mean to me and they did this and they did that. And you can come up with your whole laundry list, et cetera, about all the different things. But it's even like, you know, if I'm doing counseling with somebody or into life coaching with somebody who's gone through a breakup, but I find out is a lot of times they want to do a forensic deep dive. And mm -hmm. the word forensics right there is basically an autopsy on a corpse. 
<laughs> so when you're literally doing a forensic autopsy, we're like, yes, but they said this and this, and but they said this, this, and this, and well, on this state, they said this, and then they did this and they did that, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, when you're, when you're literally looking for evidence to be able to support your bullshit, it, it's like, that's one of the things that I've had conversations with, with coaches. It's like, well, do you want to fight for your shitty stories or do you want to literally get over it? Yeah. Because ultimately it's like, even in my situation, I can sit there and do all the grievances and all the things that I'm unhappy about and all the ways that they were unkind and blah, blah, blah. And I can sit there, I can go into total victim and go start crying about why they're being mean to me. But instead, the focus also has to be of like, in some ways, a lot of people don't know what the hell do they even want. That person is never, if you have somebody that doesn't like you and never liked you and is never going to like you, it doesn't matter. You could bake them cookies every day for the rest of your life they're never going to like you. Well, so they don't necessarily is, know why they don't like me. You know Exactly, exactly. And that doesn't even matter. The whole purpose of that isn't really, and it's not even personal. Sometimes it's just people's energy where you're like, mm, yeah, no, thanks. And wow, I really like you. It's, it's just totally, mm -hmm. it, it's an arbitrary thing. But by the same token, it's like, if you don't have to bring this whole evidence together, it's like sometimes people I see are almost like they're in a court of law with people and they have this whole thing of like, you know, well, I did this, so you should do this. Well, I did this, so you should do this. Well, I did this. And everything's like this tit for tat. And then they get like hung up in the details. And I, I was telling you before that, you know, es Esther Hicks talks about now is the most delicious. If you focus in the deliciousness of the now moment, now is really, really all that you have. Mm -hmm. So it's the... Um, and I know you and I are both in Mind Valley, so Vision talks a lot about figuring out the why. So for us, we can figure out what the why is, but the how is what the universe is going to figure out for us. So we can sit back and do a meditation and say, okay, this is the why, this is what's happening. Let's just get into the energy of it and let's just really, really be in, okay, this is the reality of it. We don't spiritually bypass it. We don't sugarcoat it and pretend like it's not what it is. We don't sweep it under the rug. We just say, okay, this is the situation, but now the how please allow me to be creative. Please allow me to have any sort of way. I'm open to assistance. Please help me to be able to alleviate this. And then, I mean, this situation has alleviated itself in less than seven days. And it's all basically, you know, multiple people have gotten involved and now it'll, it'll be smoothed out and be taken care of. But I don't have to hold on to any of that other stuff. I need to also, my job is to release any of those grievances, any of those issues, any of those things because me telling this other person what i think about what they did or didn't do it does them no no good and it does not do any good for me to hold on to it at all no and i, I think part of it is also to align with the solution and by simply aligning energetically with the solution you allow you, you give permission for the solution to appear mm -hmm. so it's like you say, sitting in, in meditation. And it might be that you, you feel, oh, I need to contact this lawyer about this. I need to contact uh, these people about this and, and that. And you do that, you set the players in motion as it were, but then you need, I think it's very important to leave it and allow it to happen, allow it to unfold the way that you've uh, set the players in motion. Uh, it's when we when we uh, bring our baggage as a word we bring our fear and frustrations and our need for vengeance or uh, as you expressed it, previous uh, grievances uh, grievances 
it's when we bring all that to it, that's when we start to uh, experience the resistance because those elements have no place in the in the field of play mm-hmm. because they they are not part of the solution. They actually become part of of the resistance, the problem of getting to the solution. So our job is to see what players do we need to set in motion and then to understand our own process and how we are triggered by different things and to just allow that to be and to move out of us because every experience is a learning experience and it's every experience is a, an opportunity to uh, learn and heal old wounds or, or old hurts. So once we do that, then we don't have to experience that again. Or perhaps we need to experience a different aspect of it that we haven't healed yet, but that's that that we can worry about next time. You know, when the experience comes around again, if if it does. So it's the idea of just understanding what action we need to take. What is the right action to get things moving? Because sitting on your ass is not non-resistance. You know, mm-hmm. sitting yeah. and doing nothing becomes as much part of the resistance because the universe has nothing, there's no house to work with. Mm-hmm. So it's having the intuition to know what elements needs to be in play and push those into action and have the, the energy then just move by itself. Now, if you throw yourself in there, you're just gonna <laughs> you're just gonna cause the resistance, right? So I, I think those are very important elements that we need to consider when we when we practice non-resistance. Because when I talk non-resistance with people, they're like, "Oh, so what? You're not going to do anything?" And I'm like, "No, that's not res- <laughs> that's not what it is about. It's knowing what action to take in order to have a peaceful resolution to it." Right. Well, and I think it's also the thing that's interesting too is that um, I saw Dr. Shafali Safari speak last year in February in LA, and she was talking about doing marriage counseling, and she was saying that it was very funny to have these very successful, you know, wealthy people that were getting a divorce, but basically it was like you know Steve and and Nancy, but Steve shows up as his two-year-old toddler, and Nancy shows up as her four-year-old toddler. So it's a two-year-old toddler of like, yeah, I'm not getting my needs met. And, and he's, I'm not getting my needs met. And they're just two, it's like a, watching a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the nursery school that are just fighting with each other, even though they're this accomplished, you know, they're doing all this great stuff, but it's really just the two and four-year-old that are engaging and they can't come to agreements because they didn't get what they needed at that moment. So even when I look at the, all the people that are involved in these kind of situations, I realize that in my employment thing i'm really dealing with my employer's 12 year old self and then in this other space i'm looking at the maybe the teenage space on this side but then i'm realizing that for myself i really want to bring my infinite self forward so i'm consciously asking my spirit guides to help me bring my grown-up self not my wounded teenager not my little girl not my inner child crap that you know that i've hopefully done most of my clearings on in the past anyway but how can I show up in the fullness of me in this moment, knowing that I have the universe at my side to be able to do that? And then, as you said, 
voila, like magic. I get a phone call last night that says, duh, 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 this is what's being proposed. What do you think about this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's all smoothed out. And literally I can sit back, put my arms on the handrest and be like, thank you and gratitude. Thank you. Go into complete acceptance about it. You know, forgive the people that are involved that, you know, pretty much they enjoy this. I think some people actually enjoy inflicting pain. And if that's the case, that's on them. That's their karmic path, but go inflict pain on someone else because it's just not, not going to basically be, I'm not a receptacle for it any longer. But don't you think if the infinite, well, infant Barbie shows up, that there is a, an element that needs to be healed. And that's one of the reasons that this is showing up for you, that it's, you're being called upon to heal that aspect of yourself. For sure. Uh, and because you were able to identify it and say, and uh, reintegrate the infant self of you into your adult you, that then once you kind of got that mindset and you were able to shift into that attitude, that you then were able to let it go. Because now it's not triggering to you. It's, it's just an event of someone being annoying. It's not triggering to you because you've healed that element of yourself. It's like we've talked about, talked about so many times before is that in order for something to trigger you, an element of what's triggering you has to exist within yourself. Otherwise, you won't be triggered. Right. Well, and I want to be really clear in the sense of where this is a process. So if you're someone that's listening to this podcast, I don't want to state that literally like, you know, my infinite self, like this angel just drops down and then, you know, we're out there smiting and doing all sorts of things <laughs> like with some sort of magic wand. We're not partying the Red Sea, et cetera, et cetera. That's not what I mean. What I mean, because you're absolutely right. What you're stating is the fact that this was something that was still in my karmic path. It was still a pattern that had to be brought forward for me to be able to heal. So therefore, I have to engage with it fully because any pattern that comes forward, if it continues to come forward, it means it hasn't been healed. Hmm. So it's just like when people, you know, continue to have, you know, abusive bosses. Well, why do they keep having those abusive bosses? Obviously, because they have a pattern with that. You have different kinds of people who will attract narcissists all the time. It's because they have allowed themselves to be, you know, taken in because they 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 feed into those triggers really really well they know how to mm -hmm. dance that dance but once you get to a point where you're like no i'm not going to be the you know i'm not going to allow energy vampires to come in my life you have a different reaction to that but from this perspective this was so triggering back to all the amazing things that were there green is that having the opportunity to go into this space and say okay where in my life did all this occur before and then i could go through all these different spaces etc and then go send beautiful light back to my younger versions of myself and say mm -hmm. okay you know what, that is something that happened before. And now we're gonna hopefully, you know, we're pulled out the beautiful energy of forgiveness up into the, this present part of it now. And then when I'm coming towards this, this event now, having done my own personal inner work, I'm a clear vessel. I don't have mm -hmm. all of this victim crap. I don't have all this kind of stuff to attach to their stuff. The way that I imagine it, and I, know, I don't know if I can describe it, but like when I do sessions with clients of where they have things, it's almost like you have prongs. So you know how like you have like a prong of, you know, like an electrical outlet and you've got the European ones and the American ones. Well, you can't plug an European plug into an American plug. It's like you have to get an adapter to make sure that the 220 and the 110, they have mm -hmm. to be, you know, calibrated. 
So it's the same thing of where when you're no longer available for being able to be plugged into with someone else's patterns and bullshit, you literally become this smooth facade, this smooth veneer of where they, they have this plug and they go, why can't I plug into you? Wait, wait, no, no. But I always did this dance with you where you got triggered and you reacted like this. And why aren't you reacting like this anymore? Wait, wait, I'm confused. How, how come this is happening? Because you've literally just, it's like in Superman or any of those Avengers, they just kind of, you know, Wonder Woman just puts up her bracelets so like beep, beep, beep. And then other, you know, superheroes just do their little this or, you know, they have whatever, but they're totally blase about it because bullets are coming and they're like, you know, in the matrix, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to move back. And there goes the bullet, no big whoop. I mean, I know that's really hyperbole, but it's the same kind of crap with, you know, on a superhero level of where you no longer have anything for them to plug into. So if you don't yeah. have a plug, they can't plug in their crap and then they have to go find someone else to play with. Yeah. And I don't want to play any longer. I, I, I don't want to dwell in the negative. I've, I've spent so many like hours and years in the negative that I now want to play in that 528 lover above energy. That, that to me is so delicious that I can reside, you know, what would it take for me to reside in that 80 to hundred percent of my entire life of where I just reside in this beautiful, loving energy of where I, I allow all this beautiful things and I help co-create amazing things for other people. Like that's, that's the now that I want to create. And if I'm a co-creator, I can be a conscious creator in that moment, but I can also choose to create positively as opposed to negatively, but also you have to deal with the taxes and all the other 3d reality things that mm -hmm. are important as well. Sure, there are, but you can, th those become choices as well. You know, you, you can move to Monaco and never pay tax again in your life. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that there are choices, right? Um, so it, it's, it is important though, and we're going back to what we're talking about with the spiritual bypass that when we, when we go into that frequency of, uh, you know, love and compassion and exist within that, that we don't forget to pay attention to our in internal process. That, you know, if someone comes up and, you know, gives you trouble or, you know, challenges you to be aware and not just be like, Oh, I, I'm peaceful, I am holy, and therefore I am not going to react to you. But inside you're like just like brimming. <laughs> it's just about to explode, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So uh, being able to express that, you know, I am not going to explode on you because that's not how I choose to express myself, but you are pissing me off badly right now so therefore i'm going to walk away that making the choices you need to make in order to, for you to maintain your peace but at the same time expressing the uh, how you feel because then you can turn around inside and say okay why was i so triggered by this and then start finding the breadcrumbs back to the original sensitizing event yeah um I think that's one kind of uh, full step that people take when they get to a stage of love and compassion, as it were. They they refuse to deal with these things because they just want to exist in love and compassion, right? And that's beautiful if we can do that. But oftentimes, 
that's not the case. We are going to be challenged and we are going to be get triggered. So we need to go back to the process of understanding it and clearing that out from our system. Because otherwise we are going to go down the track of spiritual bypass and it's, it's going to st start building up again, right? Totally. But I also think too that like, for example, I really love in the last year, I mean, to me, abundance in regards to monetary things has become very easy to manifest. And so that was something of where making it game, gamifying it and then allowing what Ken Honda talked about in regards to the fact that you, you know, you arigato in and you arigato out and then, you know, you kiss your credit cards and you thank your money and then you ask, you know, your wallet, like, are you a happy wallet? Do you have happy money? And things like that of where you're going to spend money whether you want to or not right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to pay your bills, you're going to pay this. But every single time I press send on an, an online bill, or every time I, you know, I, I get groceries delivered, you know, I always have a gift from one of my delivery guys, they always say they love coming to my, to my door, because I always have a smile and, you know, something for them. And those are the kind of things of where I'm going to have to get groceries anyway, but I might as well make it like a nice experience. I might as well mm -hmm. make it where it's memorable, etc. So if I can infuse lover above attitude in it and everything i do is um is thank you wow arigato thank you that i can buy this or thank you that i can have groceries delivered or thank you for this or thank you for that even thank you for this opportunity because in my opinion the best part that's going to come out of the situation with work is that i'm an amazing employee and i do great work but i'm going to get completely left alone for the next you know four or five months at least and that to me is exactly what i want let me do my excellent work without having to be nitpicked at. And then I can actually continue to flourish even better. And it's actually even better for the, for the business to begin with. Yeah. So it's really trying to find that silver lining of where I can infuse that. And I think you've stated that before too, that you say that, you know, when people trigger you, you say, thank you, because it sends you on your path to go figure out why the hell did this person trigger me? Mm -hmm. And what was it inside of me that got activated that now I have to go deal with? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I only yesterday evening and this morning uh, had two situations where I was triggered in a in a bad way, <laughs> and I uh, didn't necessarily react in a way that is uh, congruent with how I would like to react. But then it's important once you do that, then it's important to say, okay, was that in alignment with? what i want no it wasn't okay so how do i observe that going forward how can i pay attention to that and observe myself as i am going into that uh, uh, activation and then uh, the th stop the thought process before i go into that and one way of doing that as you say is to say when you get triggered to immediately just say thank you because then you you interrupt the process and then there is no energy for the for for that uh, negative negativity to uh, imp to grow there's no no soil for fertile soil for it to flourish so saying thank you then does and there's a um, uh, concept in psychotherapy called the pattern interrupt and that's what you're doing you're interrupting the pattern of reactionary action 
allowing yourself to just observe the process that you're going through and saying, oh, is this really how I want to do it? And then you have a chance to actually choose how you how you express the the emotion that came up when you got triggered. So instead of saying screaming, yelling, and slamming doors, you may decide to say, you know what, that was really hurtful. I'm going to walk away now because I need to consider this. I'm going to come back to you. Instead of having to then go back and say sorry, that's not how I intended to react. And I don't like uh, perpetuating that kind of negative uh, energy. So I apologize for showing up in that way. But, and then not expecting the other party to apologize because that's irrelevant. That's their path. You know, that it's part of that acceptance that, you know, people are going to, deal with their own shit in their own way and some people are not going to deal with it and some might feel that you were being the perpetrator and then at least you know you are doing what's right for you and that's all that matters and that's if you keep if you keep reacting to things then you then you're resisting just bringing it back to the resistance or the non-resistance, you, you resist the lesson that the trigger is there to teach you or, or the door it's supposed to open to show you the breadcrumbs back to the original sustaining event. And once we can understand that, then we are able to observe ourselves and be grateful for the interactions we have, good or bad. Because they are only experiences. They're neither good nor bad. They are only there to show you, uh, give you lessons, right? So it's, it is challenging when you get triggered, but it is really important for us to do that pattern interrupt, to understand how we can, how we can move forward and learn from every single experience that we have. But I think the other part about that that's important is also not to deny your humanity, though, because mm-hmm. ultimately, I think there are some people, too, that the spiritual bypass is a form of feeling like somehow they're going to get perfection. And this feeling like you're supposed to be this perfect person, um, you know, that, that's oftentimes why I even I don't like it when people and we've talked about this with your UPP, with your you know passion project. It's like I don't like it when people want to put you in a box as to what your profession is. Because a lot of times people automatically think of a profession and it's like, oh, this profession, this is this, this profession is this and this. And a lot of times people think, you know, spirituality means that you have to be a pauper and you have to be poor. Mm. Spirituality means you need to be asexual. So you have to like give up, you know, like fully chastity. You have to be, you know, there's all these values that people have put on. If you're following a spiritual path that somehow you're going to be this holier than thou person. And even from the perspective of, you know, the old school even like Christianity of like, you know, a hundred years ago, you know, my grandparents and my great grandparents and other people, and I've spoken to many people about this, there was this kind of feeling like you could do whatever the hell you wanted from Monday through Saturday. And then you went home Sunday and you just got, you know, absolved of your sins. And then you could basically Sunday afternoon and Monday stop, you know, start right back being a complete asshole. And you're like, 
that was kind of this idea. Yeah, but I spent two hours at church and I gave away my sins and I was good and I was forgiven and blah, blah, blah. But I think that's where if your whole entire life becomes a spiritual exercise and your whole entire life becomes an example of the principles that you're actually living as opposed to just espousing or pretending to believe in, then you also, you acknowledge the, the full spectrum of your humanity. So whatever experience you had last night with whatever person you were talking to, if you didn't like the way that you reacted, it still seems like you're reflecting back on that's not really the way that I want to react in that situation the next time. So then the next time you get that, and if it's a pattern, you'll always get a next time. That's the beauty of the universe. It's like yeah. if you have a shitty pattern, yeah. it'll always come back to be like, yep, once we swing back again, we'll we'll hit you back with that again. The only problem is usually the law of the universe is that it might be little last night, little maybe bit next less, time pleasant, it'll be yes. a little bit bigger, a little bit, yeah, a little bit less pleasant. And then, you know, it's that whole, like you get the, the biscuit hit the back of your head one time and it's kind of like, oh, what was that? And then the next time it might be a piano that falls down. So it it's also part of paying attention to the lessons as to, you know, when they're trying to get your attention, like, hey, we're trying to teach you a spiritual lesson. You're not listening. So we need to ramp it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is also very important to not beat yourself up if you are on quote unquote a personal development path that you are going to blow up occasionally you are going to get triggered occasionally and say you know what it's okay because it is part of my learning process now if you don't pay attention to it then that's when as you say eventually the universe universal smackdown is going to come and it's going to hurt some like an mfr and um, so that's that is another reason to be grateful for the little triggers that come and yeah. just be like yes i caught this one great now i can go now i can figure out why i got triggered by this and i can learn from it and then i don't have to worry about that again so it, it's the idea that you know if you get triggered don't worry about it it's all right and it's, you know, integrating that shadow side of you is accepting the, the humanity of you. Um, and, you know, when you, when you reach the, the pinnacle, the uh, samsara or the, uh, you know, enlightenment or Christ consciousness, whatever it is, then you'll know when you're there. But you're still going to exercise your boundaries. You're still going to say, you know, if someone's being unjustly dealing or treating you unjustly, you're still going to express yourself. You're going to express that this is not okay. You don't accept it, but you don't need to do it in a violent, vengeful way. You can do it in a peaceful, you know, descriptive way and say, I don't accept this. And then you have a choice of staying, leaving or changing. And that's it. You know, it doesn't need to get more explosive than that. So if we stay in the present and we allow ourselves to be aware, then we can progress, then we can evolve. But if we want to say, you know, we're going to stay in the now, but that person did this to me, therefore I need to hold on to this hurt, 
then we miss the boat, at least for that time, until we get triggered again. And then we're going to say, yes, I know, but, you know, it's, when, when the but comes around, then we, we always have to pay attention, right? It's, uh... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the part, too, about where, I mean, I like, I don't know why I like to use sailing metaphors, but I think, too, it's like, I think a lot of people think that if you don't have a lot of drama in your life, somehow your life is boring. And I don't agree with that at all. I think that there's a, there's a sense of contentment. And I think when you feel, when you feel truly loved and you feel content and you feel happiness in your life, and there are so many beautiful things that are happening, it's something that you can get very acclimated to. But then even like when you're out on, on a, you know, on a voyage, I've been on many, you know, like cruises and things like that. And you've got seven to eight days and maybe you've got out of all of the eight days, you might have one day that's like rough seas, you know, where there's a lot of kelp that's coming around or, or whatever, whatever. It's like, but that doesn't need to be the norm. Like having seven perfect tropical days in, you know, the Caribbean or whatever else, why the hell can't they, that, that be the norm? It's yeah. like, you know, and so a lot of people are like, no, but we need to have, you know, where there's everybody gets food poisoning and everybody, you know, they can't get off because it's like, you know, everyone's seasick and, and then the, the tenders don't work. And then you can't get on the helicopter because the, you know, the glaciers are, are like, you know, snowed in and it's like, no, you don't need to have all that kind of crap. It's like, that's the other part too, about like, when you're on this journey, knowing that it's not going to be perfect, but it's still like, what would it take for everything to work out in perfect harmony with grace and ease? What would it take for all the universe to have all this beautiful stuff of where the, the beauty and the happiness and the joy and the love is the norm as opposed to the not norm? Because I think people are so in some ways addicted to bullshit and then they have to numb themselves out and they go through this cycle. And then even with clients, I'll find out that I get them to a place of where they're, oh, I'm in a good place and everything's kind of chill, et cetera, et cetera. But then they'll go find something like it's almost like they went digging mm -hmm. for something to go find that will make them unhappy so that they'll have more to disseminate because their brain needs to have this the brain that the mind almost needs to have something to like chew on so it's like maybe you give it a, a task you know, give it some <laughs> sort of a task but it's a happy one like okay brain why don't you go figure out how to make me a hundred thousand dollars in the next like three four months why don't you figure out how to you know get me more opportunities over here or you know brain why don't you figure out ways to be able to make these like you know happenstance you know meetings with random people that can you know be fortuitous and, and mutually beneficial for everybody not go find me some crap go find you know like the dog that goes to find the nasty bone in the backyard well we've spent you know we spent at least half our lives, a lot of times longer, um, training our brains to enjoy the crap, the drama and the triggers, and you know that's considered normal. Um, and then, you know, we we expect when we awaken to the fact that we don't need to do that, we expect to wake up the next morning and. Uh, suddenly our brains are retrained, cleared of all the bullshit, and um, now completely clear. But that's not how it works. we got to retrain our brains to go, you know, instead of going to fetch the, uh, the dog poo and put it on the, uh, on the carpet, go and fetch the newspaper with the, all the good news in it and put that in my lap. You know, it's, we got to train the brain to do th things differently. Mm -hmm. um you know going out to uh looking for the things to be grateful for 
you know, with gratitude pr uh, practices. Uh, knowing uh, when you are triggered so that you can observe it, you know, and that's understanding who you are, you know. Uh, are you a physical body? Are you a soul? Are you your conscious mind? Are you your subconscious mind? Are you your awareness? Who are you? Who are you acting from? What point of view of you are you acting from? Um, so, and it's, you know, normally would live very much in the conscious mind acting from an external point of view. And that's how we deal with life. That's how we, we, we have thoughts come up, we act on them, and it's in a protective mode because the conscious mind is very concerned about protecting our integrity, protecting our lives, protecting our position in society, protecting our livelihood, et cetera, et cetera. Not understanding that that protecting becomes the resistance. That the, that's the resistance part. So when we quote unquote uh, awaken, that's when we are then able to train ourselves to um, operate from our awareness and observance. This is what Eckhart Tolle talks about in uh, The Power of Now. Being able to observe ourselves and a lot of uh, sometimes we may have to observe the observer, you know, and take a couple of steps back, um, because then, then we can totally let go and allow things to evolve because we are able to see the 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 experience from a bird's eye perspective and experience the way we uh, experience things in meditation. We can experience in our waking hour or awaken state and just go into an experience and just fly over it take a look at the experience and say okay these are the elements in play these are the different uh, people that are uh, interacting and so i just need to activate this part and then i can just relax and i can focus on something else while this experience plays out. I don't need to in, uh, interact with my conscious mind because then suddenly I'm going to throw my energy into it. And once I throw my energy into it, then I've adopted the karma of all the players involved in this experience. And they are supposed to extract their own experiences from it or continue on the negative karmic path. Then I'm going to take some of that with me on my path and I don't want to do that and that's exactly that's part of the exercising non-resistance is to just allow uh, to set things emotions in motion and let things play out well and I think too that what you're talking about also because I mean the way that you just described it is the exact visualization of what I have in the sense of where it's not compartmentalization from a perspective of spiritual bypass of where you're not dealing with it but the spiritual beautiful part of myself doesn't have to reside at the same place as a legal like mediation <laughs> meeting they don't have to be in the same room so i think by having that that's definitely also beneficial but one thing i just wanted to put out there you know like really quickly in the sense of where a hundred years ago our ancestors 
the amount of news that they got in like a whole lifetime was about the same amount of news that we can get in like 24 to 48 hours now of just this constant barrage of mm -hmm. information. And I think about like, you know, they would have been your forefathers and mine too of, I used to love the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, so The Little House in the mm -hmm. Prairie. Those used to be my favorite books when he sold the show. And that was that Minnesota Plains of where, you know, the, the terrain was very similar to Sweden and Norway because it was very, very snowy and they had a lot of things. But, you know, those people work their asses off and they're out in the middle of nowhere. They're in the wilderness getting like a plate glass window was like, you know, a big deal. Going to church on Sunday was a big deal. Um, you know, a lot of stories were around the, you know, the, the people who own the, the, the little store because they had fancy things as opposed to the little country people, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> but to them, you know, life was life. It wasn't this whole thing about like, oh, I'm going to create drama just because I want to create drama. Like when a bear came sniffing around, you know, your backwoods when you're trying to like smoke your hams or trying to, you know, keep your food that you've already hunted yourself. Those are situations we can't even relate to at all today because it's so far removed from what we, we had and have now. But it's still realizing that, and I think you spoke about this the other day about the reticular activation system. Mm -hmm. It's this overloading of where that's why it's so important to have a spiritual practice of meditation, et cetera, where you literally, you detoxify and you have to shed all of those, all the chatter, all of that electric, you know, techno smog, et cetera, mm -hmm. where you have an opportunity for 30 to 60 minutes a day where you just disengage from everything and you allow yourself to daydream because back in those days they were too damn busy they couldn't pontificate and they couldn't gaze at their navels if they wanted to because they were too busy mm -hmm. slopping the pigs and you know getting the chickens and getting all those things and focusing on that well i mean yeah i'm sure you looked out on the on the fields and said wow what a beautiful farm and they had an opportunity also, to meditate in that way also consider they didn't have electricity so when the sun went yeah. down they went inside and they told stories and they, yep. you know, it's you go to the um, uh, African tribes that wake up at four o'clock in the morning and talk about dreams, you know, gather everybody together and then, then they go back to sleep and sleep until the sun comes up, mm -hmm. you know. So if you're in the winter months, you deal with what you can deal with when it's uh, sunlight out or it's uh, daylight out. And then when the sun goes down, then you go inside and that's when you do your pontification. You knit or you read or, you know, if they had enough candlelights to do that. Um, so I think actually they, they spent more time in, in reflective mode back then than we do today or when most people do today um, mm -hmm. because they were closer to nature. They were more grounded, granted, they had more threats to them that they needed to react to, you know, the bears and the animals uh, and just more kind of lawlessness and so forth, So, which we don't have today. So people don't necessarily consider they have to deal with this. Um, so, yes, there, there is something for that simpler life if you like but what happens is and that's part of evolution is like our brains are is the one of the least evolved parts of ourselves in terms of the physicality of it mm -hmm. um it takes a long time for it to catch up as we <laughs> you know we have evolved in terms of consciousness, we have evolved greatly in the past 2,000 years. 
uh, and it's Moore's law, uh, you know, 10xing um, even more so now. And now the brain has to catch up with the fact that, yeah, there aren't bears running around that you necessarily need to worry about. So, uh, you know, the the <laughs> stress or the fight, flight or freeze response is not really that useful in today's society for most people. Uh, granted, in some societies, totally is, you, you need to use it all the time. But, you know, if you're a banker in the city, you don't need to activate the stress response or fight, flight or freeze response any unless you get held, held up. And most people don't experience that in their entire life. Um, so it's and also you have uh, there is another function when you wake up. And I think we've talked about this before. When you wake up, the reason you wake up is the, because your body is pumping out cortisol in your in your system so that when you wake up you are able to deal with any present threats that may mm -hmm. exist mm -hmm. when you're in the cave and there is mm -hmm. a growling tiger outside wanting to come mm -hmm. in and eat you you need mm -hmm. to you, you can't be like oh let me sleep for another 20 minutes you need mm -hmm. to act and react to that danger right away mm -hmm. so this is part of our physicality now what we do when we wake up is that we have this all this cortisol going around so now we're starting to think about oh what do i need to do today well, oh i have this to do and oh what, what was that i was stressing about yesterday oh and that comes back in oh and then i need to look at my phone so you, you before you even get your feet on the ground mm -hmm. you grab that phone and you you start scrolling and it's like as we said before why don't i have as many likes on this post here and suddenly your cortisol levels are going through the roof because that cortisol response as you're waking up will have a uh, increase your cortisol levels by between 35 and 75 percent as you're waking up and you will perpe perpetuate and exasperate that if you uh, cause it to uh, increase because of the phone or your thoughts so now what I always recommend my coaching clients is first thing you do, swing your legs over the side of your bed, put your hands on your chest and just breathe. Breathe long, deep breaths and just focus on the things you're grateful for. Because when you're doing that, you're calming down your uh, adrenal glands. So you stop the production of cortisol and then you're just breathing yourself into the day and you start act with the RAS, the uh, reticular activation system. If you focus on things you're grateful for, your brain will start looking for things to be grateful for, right? So mm -hmm. now for practitioners like myself, I sit down and I meditate for an hour uh, first thing in the morning. But that's, you know, I wouldn't expect a beginner to do that necessarily. But just taking five minutes to, you know, breathe and focus on what's, what you're grateful for will set up your day in such a different way. And that will allow you to then also exercise that level of non-resistance because suddenly you're not, you're not going to be triggered the same way because your, your base level of stress is so much lower.
and you you kind of you'll find the uh, the kind of tops of the uh, uh, stress it goes up and then you go okay I got stressed but now I'm bringing myself down again now if you start off off on a high level then you get just going to get it's just going to keep going up but if you start at a calm level then you can always come back to that uh, relaxation and the calm right and that's no, part, part of it and that's, I think, part about, you know, being the expanded person. And uh, I, I think that being the expanded person, what you're talking about is really, you know, in closing, it's something of where I think that if you stay in the now and you stay in the focus of allowing yourself to expand into this beautiful energy, it's like, it's like knowing that the universe has your back and surrendering into that and allowing this whole process of where, as you were saying, the other things will kind of like take care of themselves, but just kind of allowing yourself to have that gratitude in the morning, as you said, of where you focus on those different things and then seeing where can I also allow the things to be grateful for as well. And then it's like you open up yourself to a portal of miracles and those mm -hmm. portal of miracles, literally they wouldn't have existed otherwise because you didn't allow them. If you literally are just constricted and shut down and just focusing on mental, 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 it's that opening up and the expanding of just like, okay, I breathe and I take it in and I like really just kind of sit back. I mean, Matthew McConaughey had a perfect story about that. He just kind of sat back and allowed things to come to him. And now he has the life that, you know, he had basically fantasized for himself. So on, on that parting note, I think that, you know, a lot of us, this is a, this is also a conscious life, but it's also one that you're also deliberately co-creating. It's deliberate co-creation and deliberate action to be able to allow those things that seemed insurmountable to be able to be surmountable and that knowing that you don't have to do it perfectly but every time that you make a little bit more progress then you can also be proud of yourself and the progress that you made yeah and i think we can end on uh, on the note uh, my one of my favorite quotes of uh, roald dahl if you don't believe in magic you'll never experience it I love that. thank you barbie until thank next you. time take care Clearly, when you look at all the aspects of being present in the moment or present in the now, if you like, there are many facets and puzzle pieces that slot into it. So oftentimes, just practicing being in the present moment when you meditate and you can bring that feeling into your daily life usually helps and that will then allow you to see the different perspectives of being present in different situations. And these are the aspects we end up talking through and discussing and exploring, dissecting and so forth in our uh, coaching workshops at the Alchem Experience. So if you feel that you would like to explore these topics further for you, from your own perspective, please uh, go to thealchemyexperience.co.uk to uh, book your 30-minute free consultation with us and if you'd like to get in contact with Barbie you can reach on, on her website youareamazing.online so the website address again is youareamazing.online so for now I thank you for your attention thank you for joining us and uh, we'll hope to see you next time have a good one